Lucy, how you holding up throughout all this? Throwing myself into my work, trying not to uh, not to get too bogged down in the news, and uh, taking it one step at a time. The the news thing is hard right now. I I feel so compelled, like way more so than than usual. You know, before the the news is sort of like on, if you if you let it, it's just sort of on like a fireplace in the background. I I generally don't let that happen, but now I feel I feel just more compelled, and I think there's a, a certain anxiety that is that is tied to that. And I, the reason I want to talk to you today is is I want to since you know more about the gut and gut health than anyone I know, and by the way, every smart person I know says that about you. Um, so, so you've got a lot of really smart people in your corner, but of course you, you already know this and, uh, you've helped me immensely with some significant gut problems over the last, uh, six to eight months. Uh, I've had those problems for about eight, 18 months, but you've, you've really helped out. And so, um, I think it's all connected here. Our, our, our gut health is is our health to a great extent, and I've really learned that. And so I was hoping maybe you could talk to me about how anxiety is affecting our guts and our and our overall overall health right now. Absolutely, uh, yeah. I mean the the gut has been connected to virtually every other organ in the body, and uh, virtually every disease in which it's been studied. And the gut brain axis is particularly fascinating. Um, the, the gut has actually been called our second brain because we actually have an entire network of nerves in the gut called the enteric nervous system. And that, that second brain in our gut is directly connected to our central nervous system, uh, through a number of different pathways. One is the vagus nerve. So that's actually the longest nerve in the body, sort of like a super highway between our brain and our gut. And, uh, but there's lots of other connections too. I mean, neurotransmitters, uh, hormones, microbial metabolites, and the immune system, these are all really interconnected. And I think uh, the heightened state of stress right now is going to significantly impact gut health more so than, you know, just chronic stress already does. Well, you know, I, I, I think about last summer for me was sort of the nadir of my adult life. I had just turned 38 last June and, and, and there were moments, uh, throughout June where I just, I had lost the will to live altogether because of what was going on in my gut and the dysbiosis and not just the pain from, yeah, uh, we, we eventually discovered I had over 50 ulcers in in my, my small intestine. Mm -hmm. And, and obviously that in and of itself isn't even the the problem. It's the 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 gut microbiome being off kilter, causing a, a lot of that that damage that's going on there. And um, I realized that it it truly permeated every area of my life. And so so right now, if if we have a lot of people who have traditional American diets who. Uh, listen to our podcast, or we have folks who are experiencing a lot of stress, a lot of uncertainty right now. Do we know what that's doing to the gut? Yeah, there's been there's been quite a few studies on the impact of chronic stress on the gut, and we know uh, just in human epidemiological studies, chronic st- chronic stress has been shown to increase the risk for a number of different gut conditions, including colitis, Crohn's disease irritable bowel syndrome. Um, but we've also 
seen studies where acute stress has been shown to cause major changes in the composition and function of the gut microbiome. And in particular, tends to increase the number of pro-inflammatory microbes, uh, like proteobacteria is, is one that tends to increase uh, consistently with stress. And we also see reduced numbers of beneficial bacteria that help to maintain the integrity of the gut barrier. So, so definitely some right significant now? changes. What can we do? You mentioned inflammation, and, and you mentioned uh, the the well, the microbiota that, that we're dealing with now, the the good guys and the bad guys, and of course, good and bad is perspectival. Um, we all mm-hmm. need a certain amount of, of of the bad guys in our gut, so to speak. It's it's almost like uh, a, a general you know, population that you're going to have a certain number of 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 different types of people, and in our gut, it's it's similar that way. But what can we do? Uh, to reduce inflammation in a time like this, especially in our gut, why is inflammation bad? And then what can we do to make sure that we have a, a, a diverse microbiome so that we have a, a healthy gut? Absolutely. So, I mean, all of the traditional stress management techniques that I'm sure you've covered in uh, many episodes of your podcast uh, are going to be helpful at a time like this. So meditation, yoga, deep breathing, uh, all, all of those kind of things are going to significantly impact the stress directly and help to mitigate, uh, you know, the effect that this time is going to have on our, our gut microbiota. I think other, other things that you can do to help increase your res- the resilience of your gut to stress, um, there's, there's been some interesting research actually uh, done by my former lab mate, Jacob Allen, showed that stress can impact the gut metabolome. So it actually impacts which metabolites the bacteria can produce, in particular reducing uh, the synthesis of B vitamins by our, our gut microbes in the distal part of the colon. And they showed that eating a diet rich in prebiotic dietary fibers may actually attenuate this to some degree and limit stress-induced inflammation, both in the gut and systemically. Uh, so I think the more we can potentially use this time, you know, that we're, we have to stay at home to uh, learn how to learn how to cook new foods, um, you know, start focusing on eating healthier. That's going to support not only our gut, but also the immune system as well. And I've learned this from you, but we, what I'm learning as I learn more about the gut, as we all learn more about the gut is how little we actually know about, about the gut. And, And I have, you know, examples of you know, someone like like you, or even our, our good friend Rich Roll, who is is a, is a vegan who is you know, in his fifties and, and and very healthy, sort of super athlete, and then um, Paul Saladino, who mm-hmm. has the exact opposite diet from from him. He's a, a carnivore, and they both seemingly uh, have healthy guts and, and healthy lives. And uh, maybe that speaks to the resilience, but it also speaks to that there isn't a a silver bullet answer to any of this, right? Definitely. Yeah, I don't think there's one size fits all, especially when it comes to the gut microbiome. And, uh, you know, it's just like we have a great deal of metabolic flexibility in terms of the range of diets that humans can consume. Our microbes are the same way. So when you switch from a plant-based diet to a carnivore diet, your microbes shift within 48 hours. Um, And... And are, are you know can really adapt to a, a quite a wide range of diets. Um, that being said, I don't think that our microbiome is at all well adapted to the modern diet of highly processed 
foods, refined sugars, uh, that kind of thing. So I think what, uh, what seems to, while, while a wide range of diets across the spectrum from plant-based to animal-based seem to work for different people, the common ground is a focus on whole foods. Yeah, r- real food, and what we'll often talk about eating on the the outside of the store, not the inside of the store, mm-hmm. so to speak. Avoiding the the, the packaged foods. Um, let's talk. Uh, let's let's finish up here with with talking about inflammation a little bit. Why why is we hear this term inflammation? It, it doesn't. Uh, it, it it can mean a lot of things, but but what does it mean with respect to to the gut? Yeah, that's a great question. So we know that seventy percent of our immune cells actually reside in the gut. And, uh, and the gut barrier is really, we can think of the gut as actually outside of our body in a way. So the gut is almost like a tube that goes straight through the middle of our body. Um, but it's, it's actually, you can think of it as being outside of our body. So a lot of... And, it, and then it's just separated. There's, a, there's like a mucosal layer and an mm-hmm. epithelial layer. Is that right? Yep. Yep, exactly. So, uh, so that mucosal barrier and then the epithelial cells that reside just under that mucosal barrier, those are critical to preventing uh, pathogens, uh, di- large dietary proteins from getting into uh, our system. And if that barrier gets inflamed, it starts to break down. And that mucus layer gets degraded. Uh, the junctions between the cells kind of come apart and you can have what's called intestinal permeability, where you get um, things that were meant to be kept outside the body, were meant to be kept in the gut, get uh, access to our, uh, our circulation. And that can lead to the immune system, you know, is going to see those things as foreign invaders, as it should, um, but it causes inflammation mm-hmm. in the process of trying to deal with those things uh, coming into the body. Yeah, and I can tell you that just from, from changing my diet, removing... Uh, just problematic foods, the foods that are problematic for me, but may not be problematic for other people, totally changed. I didn't even realize how inflamed my entire body was. And, and now even still, I mean, I'm, I'm way better in terms of, you know, I think the, the ulcers and I mean, clearly there's some gut permeability if there are dozens of ulcers and, and, and intestine, um, but I, I could tell you, if, I used to be that if I ate a, a quarter of a sweet potato, I would wake up the next morning feeling like I broke both of my ankles and my wrists needed to be uh, put in casts, it felt like. That's how, how much inflammation there was in my body. And so removing those foods for a period of time really helped sort of facilitate the, the, the healing process. And, and of course, uh, that in conjunction with... Uh, with some medication that has been useful. And I, I know you're, you're not a, a huge advocate for trying to throw drugs or pills at the problem, but the, sometimes there are interventions that, that temporarily help with, with healing. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of issues with how quickly we throw drugs at medical problems. And I think it's, it's partly just a function of how little time we get with our doctors uh, to be able to get to the root cause of the problem. Uh, and generally, I uh, prefer an integrative approach that is, you know, diet and lifestyle changes first. Um, but that being said, I certainly see a, a role for pharmaceuticals, especially, uh, you know, in a case where you need to bring down inflammation, uh, you know, and, and get yourself back to 
place where you can manage symptoms and then uh you know with the ultimate goal of of being able to wean off of that but i i actually came to the gut microbiome through my own journey with chronic eczema and which is an autoimmune condition uh it's it's certainly autoimmune like uh it's never been confirmed autoimmune but it's got a lot of those uh characteristics for sure um and yeah it it just really uh, changed my whole perspective on nutrition and that's how I got into gut health and everything. But I actually uh, refused to use any pharmaceuticals during my healing process and I paid the price and it was a lot longer because of it. So I kind mm. of have come back to a place of seeing the best of both worlds now. And I, I really think that integrating treatments is, is the best way to go. So to sum things up, it sounds like uh, right now, if we want to avoid uh, stress and anxiety, because because that's going to cause more inflammation and maybe even some dysbiosis in the gut, we want to do things like uh, well, avoid the any of the triggers that that might be causing the stress. So if news is stressing you out, maybe it's uh, av- avoid the news or or at least minimize it. Um, meditation, yoga healthy diet with not uh, the removes processed foods, anything else we should, we should consider at this point. Yeah, sleep? definitely. Uh, sleep for sure. Yeah. It has a huge impact on the microbiome. Um, exercise. I did most of my dissertation work on how exercise impacts the microbiome and may protect against uh, gut diseases. Um, so definitely the more we can use the opportunities to get outside and get some time in nature while social distancing, I think that's hugely important. Yeah, free free medicine like sunlight. That's uh, that's definitely very very helpful. I mean, we often don't think about many of the the things like sleep and exercise and meditation that are these are the the free medicines that that nature provides for us. Um, Absolutely, Lucia. I want I want to thank you. I want to acknowledge you for uh, uh, doing good for the world, doing good for me for sure. And uh, I just want to say thank you. Uh, it's been. Uh, it's been really helpful, everything that you've you've helped me through, and I'm looking forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you so much. Really appreciate the opportunity to be on, and uh, yeah, hope you continue to take care. <laughs>